Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. Honoring the victims, a Wisconsin community comes together overnight to remember and reflect in the wake of that holiday parade tragedy as survivors speak out after a devastating loss. What I would like is for everyone to remember how much joy they brought to everyone. We'll share their stories and what we're now learning about the suspect's decades-long criminal record. Breaking news, relief at the pump with tens of millions hitting the road for Thanksgiving. A major announcement from the White House this morning to help ease the highest gas prices in nearly a decade. While the airlines deal with the most passengers in two years. So what are they doing to ensure flights are smooth and safe? We'll go one on one with United CEO live. Hanging in the balance, jury deliberations set to begin today at the trial of three men accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery. Prosecutors calling it murder. The defense claiming self-defense. He could have a gun, and he definitely has fists. You can't create the situation and then go, I was defending myself. A live report from the courthouse straight ahead. Breaking his silence. People want to kill me just because I defended myself. Kyle Rittenhouse's first interview since his acquittal in the killing of two men during a night of unrest. What he's saying about the case and his future. Those stories plus breaking overnight, smash and grab at least 20 suspects involved in a burglary at a popular mall in Los Angeles. Just ahead, the alarming rise in similar cases across the country and how the dangerous trend could impact your holiday shopping. And real-life Armageddon inside NASA's unprecedented mission to knock an actual asteroid off course. We're live ahead of the historic launch, turning science fiction into reality. Today, Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hey guys, good morning to today. We're so happy to see you on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, we're just two days before Thanksgiving. And Hoda, we actually have some good news for travelers out there. Love when we have some good news, including this breaking news, by the way. The White House tapping into the Strategic Petroleum Reserves to ease soaring gas prices that recently hit a seven-year high. And if you are among the 53 million heading out for the holiday, there are positives when it comes to the weather. No major storm threats in sight. And a beautiful forecast for the big parade here in New York City. We've got it all covered for you this morning. Morning. Al just gave us the thumbs up. All right, but we do start with new developments in the investigation of that deadly SUV attack at a Wisconsin Christmas parade. This morning, we are learning more about the victims and the man who police say was behind the wheel, including an extensive uh, criminal record. NBC senior national correspondent Tom Yamas is in Waukesha with the very latest. Hey, Tom, good morning. Hoda, good morning. We also have some new video we're about to show you. We obtained this video overnight. It shows the final moments of the suspect, Daryl Brooks, just before police arrested him. 
This as we're hearing from some of the surviving members of the dancing grannies. I sat down with them and they talked to me about the parade, what happened here on Main Street, and also about how they witnessed the unimaginable. Tonight, we are all Waukesha. Overnight, residents coming together, but still in shock. This is an attack on the community, and it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking and tragic. The close-knit community trying to make sense of Sunday's senseless violence. When an SUV allegedly driven by 39-year-old Daryl Brooks plowed into the city's annual Christmas parade, <laughs> killing five and injuring 48, including 18 children. You have people who have military backgrounds and likened it to, a, you know, a war zone. New video appears to show the suspect not far from the parade route, moments before his arrest. Can you call for me, please? I'm homeless. Brooks asking a homeowner to call an Uber and let him in before police arrive. Back on the parade route, James Touchstone shooting this video of his daughter's high school marching band when the red SUV suddenly appeared and swerved into the crowd. And he was just plowing through people? Yeah, he was no brake lights, no stopping, just plowing through people. As the chaos unfolded, many off-duty first responders at the parade jumped in to help in an all-out effort to treat the wounded. I responded to the scene, and what I saw out of chaos and tragedy was heroes. Those killed ranging in age from 52 to 81 years old, including 79-year-old Virginia Sorensen, known as Ginny, and 71-year-old Leanna Owen, both members of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies, a group of performers marching in the parade. That guy was evil. Their fellow group members who survived saw everything that happened, vowing to carry on their legacy. What I would like is for everyone to remember how much joy they brought to everyone. It might take us a year to pull back and get some more people to join, but I know in our hearts we're gonna continue. The suspect, Daryl Brooks, is expected to face five counts of first-degree intentional homicide. Police believe he acted alone. Records reviewed by NBC News show Brooks had a decades-long criminal record that includes arrests for drugs, battery, and domestic abuse. Overnight in Milwaukee, before the Bucks Magic game, a touching tribute. Fans lit up the arena during a moment of silence for the victims in Waukesha. A state and community now in mourning as the investigation into this devastating tragedy moves forward. And Tom, uh, we are learning more about the suspect. In fact, he was arrested not too long ago and people are questioning how prosecutors handled that case. Hoda, this morning there are a lot of people saying Daryl Brooks, the suspect, should have never been behind the wheel. He has a long criminal history, and just earlier this month, he was arrested for allegedly using his car as a weapon, trying to run over the mother of one of his children. The Milwaukee district attorney said he was able to get out because he had a bail that was $1,000. The district attorney saying that was inappropriately low. All right, uh, Tom for us. Thank you, Tom. Well, now to the hectic holiday week travel rush heading into Thanksgiving. The airlines and AAA predicted the most travelers since the start of the pandemic. And we're seeing that play out already at the airports, on the roads. And just this morning, some encouraging news when it comes to gas prices and the airlines remaining under scrutiny in the wake of recent mass cancellations. Lots to cover in the transportation business. NBC's Tom Costello is at Tampa's International Airport this morning. Hi, Tom. Morning. 
Yeah, good morning, Savannah. We're on the ramp here. You know, Tampa has been a top destination for people seeking out the surf and the sun. Here's the deal, though. It has also been right where we have seen three airlines come into a meltdown situation over the last few months. The CEO of this airport says he believes those airlines have turned the corner, have learned a lesson. But in the meantime, this morning, a breaking story. President Biden announcing that the White House will tap the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to help bring down gas prices nationwide. Test of 2021's busy holiday season may be on the roads. Most of the 53 million Americans traveling this week are going by car. They're paying the most for gasoline since Thanksgiving of 2013. The national average today, $3.40, up more than a dollar since last year. But relief could soon be on the way. Two U.S. officials tell NBC News the administration is discussing with allies a coordinated release of oil from emergency reserves. Still, any impact at the pump would be weeks away. As for when is the best time to hit the road, the earlier the better. Middle of the day or around 3 p.m., it's very, very crowded. And the skies are already crowded over this Thanksgiving period. More than 2.2 million passengers each day. Tampa Ground Runway 1 right, taxi via Sierra Delta. With mostly clear skies at airports nationwide this morning, the sun seekers are arriving at pre-pandemic levels here in Tampa. Most from New York, Boston, Philly, Detroit, and D.C., even Londoners eager for some COVID stress relief. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. Like every airport that is managing the holiday rush this week, Tampa is also closely watching the airlines on time screens after seeing firsthand some high-profile stumbles. Tampa has felt the effect of all three meltdowns over the last few months. Southwest and Spirit and American Airlines, all of them have major operations here. All three airlines tell NBC News they've improved operations and staffed up to avoid a mass cancellation repeat. Unlike most airports, Tampa has been exceeding 2019 passenger levels. Joe Lapano is the Tampa Airport CEO. It caught us a bit by surprise. It caught the airlines a bit by surprise. I think they've all learned a lot about what, what the customers need and how the traffic is coming back. I'm very confident that they're going to do a good job over the holidays for us. Well, Tom, a lot of folks are watching these airlines, especially the ones that had those mass cancellations, a real meltdown on the scheduling. Yeah. How does that situation look so far? Yeah, and this is a big travel day today and tomorrow and then Sunday. I just checked FlightAware and also the FAA. They show no major cancellations across the country right now, no major delays, no major weather systems affecting travel, only 36 cancellations nationwide right now. That's just a blip. So right now, things are looking really pretty good, Savannah. All right. Don't jinx us, though, Tom. Thank you very much. We're actually going to get a lot more perspective on the travel rush in our next half hour. The CEO of United Airlines will join us for a live interview. Now to the latest on a closely watched trial, the Ahmad Arbery case. The fate of three men accused of murdering him in a Georgia neighborhood set to be in the hands of the jury later today. NBC's Sam Brock is outside the courthouse in Brunswick. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hoda, good morning. Closing arguments are almost over. All that's left at this point is a two-hour rebuttal from the prosecution this morning, which means, as you suggest, the jury could be deliberating by early this afternoon. That is more controversial comments on race. Once again, Hoda, front and center. The case against three Georgia men accused in the death of Ahmad Arbery hinges on one primary question. 
Does their self-defense argument justify shooting a man they suspected of trespassing or theft? It's a point highlighted in Monday's closing arguments. Travis coming out of the grass now, trying to yank this gun. Is there any question that Ahmaud Arbery is assaulting Travis McMichael right before that third shot? Not one single bit of question. Who brought the shotgun to the party? You can't create the situation. And they go, I was defending myself. While the videotaped confrontation between the unarmed Arbery and the men accused of killing him, Travis McMichael, his father Gregory, and their neighbor William Roddy Bryan will be dissected by a jury, so will these comments from one of the defense attorneys. Turning Ahmad Arbery into a victim after the choices that he made does not reflect the reality of what brought Ahmad Arbery to Satilla Shores in his khaki shorts with no socks to cover his long, dirty toenails. When I heard um, that statement drawing an immediate gasp hurts. from Arbery's mother and she accusations of an age old playbook of racial prejudice. Regardless of what kind of toenails he had, what size legs he had, that was still, still my son. And my son actually was running for his life. Some of the arguments that they're relying on uh, smacks of the tradition of racism, uh, victim blaming. Despite the racial undertones throughout this trial, the outcome may boil down to this cell phone video of Ahmad Arbery's final moments and whether the jury sees him charging his aggressors or desperately trying to escape a dangerous and ultimately deadly threat. And the prosecutor also pushing back on the argument that those accused could have been making a citizen's arrest since that requires the people conducting it to witness a crime firsthand. It is also possible the judge here could delay deliberations until after the Thanksgiving Day holiday, which means all parties are going to be watching that very closely today. Hold it back to you. All right, Sam Brock for us there in Brunswick. Sam, thank you. Let's turn to another trial in the spotlight. Craig joins us. Good morning. Hey, Savannah Hoda. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Kyle Rittenhouse is speaking out for the first time since being acquitted on all charges after he fatally shot two people and wounded a third during last summer's protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer joins us with more on this one. Miguel, good morning. Craig, good morning. To be clear, this was not a hard-hitting interview from an independent journalist asking tough questions. This was more a conversation with a sympathetic TV host who openly calls Rittenhouse a sweet kid. But there were some new insights into what the teenager experienced the night. He says he killed two men in self-defense. I was an innocent 17-year-old who was violently attacked and defended myself. I've never seen something so polarizing in my life when it's just obvious self-defense. Speaking out for the first time since his acquittal, Kyle Rittenhouse says his trial was much bigger than him. It wasn't Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Wisconsin. It was the right to self-defense on trial. In a sympathetic conversation with Fox News host Tucker Carlson, Rittenhouse, who was found not guilty on all charges related to the shooting death of two men and the wounding of a third after riots in Kenosha, says his case and the facts were widely misunderstood. He crossed state lines false. 
he's a white supremacist. False. None of that is true. Rittenhouse did not take a gun across state lines, but he testified that he did travel from his home in Antioch, Illinois, to nearby Kenosha, Wisconsin, where he had family ties after he saw protests taking place there. Rittenhouse also criticized President Biden when, as a candidate, he tweeted a video about white supremacists that included an image of the 17-year-old. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's, it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. Saying he supports the Black Lives Matter movement, Rittenhouse believes his case had nothing to do with race or politics, but that it's now made him a target. I'm at a place now to where I, I have to have um, people with me because people want to kill me just because I defended myself. I'm going to go lay low and live, live my life and enjoy it. Overnight, the father of Anthony Huber, one of the men shot by Rittenhouse, also speaking out against Rittenhouse's not guilty verdict. When we heard the verdict, it was like he got killed all over again. We had to relive this all over again. NBC News has reached out to the White House for comment. Meantime, Rittenhouse says he's enrolled at Arizona State University and wants to move on with his life and even attend classes on campus in the near future. He says he wants to be a nurse or perhaps even a lawyer. Craig. All right, Miguel Lamb will get it for us. Miguel, thank you. It is 16 minutes past the hour. You are the man we're looking at right now. Well, what is going to happen with Thanksgiving? It's looking good. Is we, it? I mean, we, there'll be a few pockets here and there, but we're not really worried about a lot right now for tomorrow. Travel-wise, they've got a few snow showers in the Rockies, sunny, chilly here in the northeast, windy conditions out west. Uh, maybe Los Angeles may see an airport delay or two. Chance of snow in Denver, Minneapolis, maybe a delay or two, but along the eastern seaboard, things looking pretty good. On Thanksgiving Day itself, sunny and mild along the east coast, heavy rain down through the Gulf. Santa Ana winds firing up out west. And then the interstate impacts on Thanksgiving Day. A lot of folks driving. Uh, I-71 from Louisville to Cleveland. Maybe some rain. Little Rock to Nashville on I-40. And I-10 San Antonio to New Orleans. Some heavier rain there. On Friday, lake effect snow through the, the Great Lakes. Some snow up into New England. Abundant sunshine down south. Above average highs in the west. More rain in the Pacific Northwest. Big travel day on Sunday. Busiest day of the, of the year, travel-wise, snow showers around the Great Lakes, mild in the Rockies. We're looking for a few showers down through the southwest. But look at the map. As far as the airports are concerned, looking pretty darn good. Maybe some snow in Detroit. That might cause a problem or two. But other than that, bingo, bango, oh, on to Grandma's house we go. <laughs> and that's your latest weather, guys. Great right. news, Al. That was cool. Thanks. Al looks good. Coming up, we're going to take you inside an unprecedented NASA mission. It seems more Hollywood than Houston. The goal, crashing a spacecraft into an asteroid to knock it off course. Wow. We're live at Space Center Houston with the historic launch now just hours away. Plus, Tom Costello just highlighted the crowds and concerns with the Thanksgiving travel rush. So, what is United Airlines doing to ensure its passengers have a smooth and safe flight home? We'll go one-on-one -on -one with the CEO live. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed what the horses dragged in. <laughs> the best arrival of this year's White House Christmas tree. Pretty cool. On a wagon pulled by two Clydesdales. Oh, it's a Fraser fur from it Jefferson, is. North Dr. Carolina. Dr. Jill Biden right there in front. Wow. He's accepting it like an Amazon delivery. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, One of those you have to be home to sign for. <laughs> I, when we lived in D.C., we used to go see that tree. And I know uh, you all work yeah, there and live yeah. there. Pretty cool. 56-year tradition. All right, White House. Well, let's get straight to our uh, news at 730. The Justice Department has reached a settlement with families of the victims in the 2018 high school shooting in Parkland, Florida. According to the New York Times, this agreement is worth about $130 million. The family sued the government, claiming that the FBI failed to act on tips about the gunman prior to the shooting. The massacre left 17 students and staff members dead. Nicholas Cruz pleaded guilty last month to 17 counts of murder. His sentencing is scheduled for January. Two people were hurt yesterday after a truck slammed into a New Jersey home, causing it to partially collapse. The whole thing was caught on camera, and you can see it as it happens. This dump truck barrels through some trees and then goes right through the front of the house. Look at that. The impact caused the front of the home to just collapse. The truck driver and one person in the home at the time had to be taken to the hospital. They had non-life-threatening injuries. No word on what caused the driver to go out of control. All right. Meantime, for its next mission, NASA is borrowing a page out of Hollywood's playbook. Truly. Later Uh today, the space agency is going to launch its first ever attempt to redirect an asteroid. And though it doesn't pose a danger to Earth, the mission is an important test for the future. NBC's Morgan Chesky is standing by at Space Center Houston with details. Hey, Morgan. Morgan, good morning. Hey guys, good morning. And you hear this and you think, wait a sec, I've seen this movie before, but turns out Hollywood actually closer to reality than anything we could have ever imagined. Because today in California, NASA scientists are going to launch a spacecraft and put it right on a collision course with one massive asteroid. And a scene straight out of the movie Armageddon. Real life NASA scientists are going to ram a spacecraft into one massive asteroid. Unlike the movie, though, this space rock is not heading towards Earth. But the mission is the first test of NASA's planetary defense technology, should the need ever arise. This is the first time SpaceX has taken a NASA spacecraft and intentionally launched it on a trajectory to escape Earth and crash into an asteroid. So, again, pretty cool mission. Very excited to be a part of it. The spacecraft, called DART for Double Asteroid Redirection Test, will launch on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. It'll travel more than six and a half million miles to reach the asteroid, then slam into the space rock at 15,000 miles an hour. 
NASA scientists will then watch closely to see if and how the trajectory of the asteroid changes after the impact. Our hope is to prove that by impacting a spacecraft onto the rock, we change its movement. We change its overall speed. DART's goal? Intercepting an asteroid called Didymos, as wide as the world's tallest building, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, and actually target its secondary body, or moonlet, called Dimorphos, which itself is 525 feet wide. Dimorphos, the smaller rock, orbits the larger asteroid. We're going for the smaller one because it's easiest to measure a deflection with the smallest one. Like if you try to kind of push a car, uh, it takes with the same force. It's a lot easier to see any motion than if you push a larger car or a truck, right? So we're trying to go after the one object where measurement of a change is the easiest for us to detect from the ground. DART's long and epic journey starts today and is expected to make impact with the asteroid come fall. 2022. So many questions, Morgan. How, first of all, how exactly will those scientists be able to see and detect the trajectory of, of the asteroid? Yeah, definitely going to take a technological team effort here, Craig. About 10 days before the collision, a miniature satellite will actually detach from that spacecraft and it'll start gathering images. They're going to use those images combined with an onboard camera that'll gather video right as it makes impact along with images gathered from the ground to hopefully create the full picture uh, of what impact this spacecraft has on the orbit of this asteroid. Scientists comparing this to slamming a golf cart into the Great Pyramid. So that's what they're likening it to. <laughs> mm. Crazy town. Crazy. Thank you, Morgan. I'm glad somebody's thinking about asteroids crashing yeah. Yes, Earth. we've got to <laughs> be ready. Somebody's thinking about ourselves. We've got to be ready. What did we do all these years before that? I don't know. Just crossed our fingers. Okay, coming it up worked, next. It worked, too. A man who will be very busy in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, the CEO of United will join us live to talk about how his airline is handling the holiday travel rush, the coronavirus, passenger safety concerns, and a lot more right after this. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We're back 740 with an in-depth look at the holiday travel rush and how the airlines are handling those crowds. Yeah, after COVID largely sidelined the plans of many last year, Americans are back. They're taken to the skies in record numbers. Scott Kirby is the CEO of United Airlines. He joins us now in the middle of the busiest travel week in nearly two years. Mr. Kirby, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. 
Thank you for having me. Okay, this is a big one. This is a big week. Everyone's heading to the airports, and everyone is wondering, are the airlines ready for the crush? Uh, Mr. Kirby, are you guys ready for the weekend? We are. Uh, United, we're excited to welcome back, uh, you know, almost normal crowds, almost to pre-pandemic levels, uh, to be back to connecting families and uniting uh, friends and family. And uh, the good news is also the weather, at least for now, keep our fingers crossed, uh, looks pretty good across the country. Uh, so expect to have uh, relatively smooth operations over this busy holiday weekend. You've been on a bit of a victory lap mm -hmm. lately. You have not <laughs> at United had the same kind of meltdown, scheduling problems, mm -hmm. staff problems that some of the other airlines have. What in your mind is the, the single biggest thing that United did that, that protected you from, from that kind of situation? Well, I really, I am grateful to the United team. The people really came together during a crisis. During a crisis, you know, it can either tear a team apart or bring them together. And it brought the team together at United. And at its core, that's what happened. And doing things like negotiating a deal with our pilots union that was unique and the only one to make sure that we kept all of our pilots on property and current uh, and didn't furlough them has made it a lot easy for us to bring the schedule back up. And we did it gradually uh, to make sure that we put our customers first and, and could could reliably operate the schedule, but it's really the people of United Airlines who deserve the credit. Well, speaking of the people of United Airlines, you made it mandatory. You did something that a lot of companies have yet to do. You made it mandatory that every employee that faces a customer gets a vaccine, and you wanted 100%. Was there something specific that happened that made you decide to make that decision? Well, it, it seemed like the right thing to do, and we, of course, did it back in early August before the government mandated it. But for me, I, I think the, the real issue was I wrote letters to every single family of an employee that lost their life to COVID. And I had stopped writing letters. And then when the Delta variant picked up and I started writing letters again, uh, you know, you just you ultimately you come to it and say, we can do something to stop this from happening. There is a silver bullet here. Uh, and we can do something to, to stop this from happening. And that was the decision point for us. It was all about safety. Uh, and I'm really glad that, you know, we got 99.7%, 100% of the customer-facing employees uh, are now vaccinated. Uh, and, and this is really in the rearview mirror for yeah. us at United did, Airlines. Did you terminate the ones who refused the, the percentage that refused to get the vaccine? Out of our uh, approximately 70,000 U.S. employees, there were about 200 people that, uh, that wound up being terminated. Let me take it a step further. Mm -hmm. Would you be in support of a vaccine mandate for passengers on, on airlines? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with what the administration has said, that we don't want to create friction uh, to make it hard if, you, if you've been vaccinated and showing your vaccine card every time you fly or get on a bus or a train or whatever it is. Uh, the much more efficient way is to do it through the workplace, because if we can get the if the administration's rule winds up holding up in court and, uh, and everyone has to get vaccinated at work at all large employers, then we're going to have such a high percentage of the population vaccinated that we'll basically all be vaccinated uh, and we'll be in a really good place. So I think it's more efficient uh, to do what we did uh, and what the administration is asking other companies to do. Scott, one of the things I think a lot of us are worried about are the unruly passengers. I mean, you wonder about taking your kid on a flight and sitting there and wondering if some brawl is going to break out. You feel sorry for the flight attendants who are just, they seem defenseless. So what can a CEO of an airline do to protect the passengers and the flight attendants while they're up in the air? Well, you know, this is another one that has been different at United Airlines, at least than what I read uh, in some places. And, and it's again, it's a tribute to our flight attendants. We worked with our flight attendants union on de-escalation training. And in particular, what we do to avoid these mask incidents is the flight attendants just hand a card to an unruly passenger that says, 
last warning, if you don't put the mask on, you'll be banned from traveling United. And we've had to ban about 700 people. But what that does is prevents the conflict in the skies. And our flight attendants have done an amazing job, been amazing professionals. And amazingly enough, our flight uh, in-flight incidents are down about 60% from the start of the year. So they're just doing a great job. But Everyone should just follow the golden rule, take care of, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated Real on an quick, airplane. Real quick, though, I mean, they could be banned from United and then just buy a ticket on another airline. Mm -hmm. A lot of flight attendants, unions support yeah. the idea of the airlines sharing with each other their lists of red flag passengers or potentially disruptive passengers. Would you support that? We, we absolutely support that. We need uh, the government to authorize us to share those passenger lists, but if they did, uh, we would absolutely share it and be supportive of that. Mm -hmm. All right, United Airlines CEO. By the way, United recently uh, resumed serving hard liquor on, mm -hmm. on air mm -hmm. travel. Um, can't believe I'm asking that, but does that seem like a good idea <laughs> in light of these incidents? Uh, you know, we're, this is part of getting back to service uh, and returning to normal and and this is about service. And again, because we haven't had those same incidents on board airplanes, uh, you know, it's great. Our people want to take care of customers, want to do the right thing for customers. Uh, and this is just one more element of the service. So it's great to be bringing back meals and alcohol service and really getting back to pre-pandemic normal. All right. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby. Scott, thanks for getting up with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll turn to another holiday travel concern. That's the weather so far, mm -hmm. not too shabby. Absolutely looking pretty good, and it's been so dry out west. Uh, in a city like Denver, which normally by this time would be seeing snow, they've been dealing with, with fire weather warnings, and in fact, still no measurable snow. This is the latest on record that Denver's gone without snow. Averagely, they would see October 19th. Earliest snow was September 3rd. Latest, November 21st. Well, look at the cities that have already had measurable snow. Buffalo, Minneapolis, Cleveland, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. And depending on where you are, it's beginning to feel a lot like something other than what it is. Minneapolis is going to be 50 degrees today, 68 in Tulsa, Casper, Wyoming, 11. It feels like the temperatures around Halloween for these folks. But you head to the east and look at this, Cincinnati, New York City, Washington, Charlotte and Atlanta, all below average temperatures. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. These are temperatures you would see for Christmas in Pittsburgh, uh, New Year's Eve in New York and Washington, D.C., Christmas in Charlotte, Nashville, and Cincinnati. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Mr. Roker, thank you. Just ahead, a concerning crime wave. What's driving this rise and smash and grab robberies at high-end stores across the country and why it could impact your holiday shopping? But first, these messages. We're back. Chanel's in for Carson this morning. Good Hot morning. Good. Yes, we have a packed one for you this morning, including Tom Brady. You mentioned his team's big win last night. Well, he had something interesting to say to Oprah on looking ahead to life after football. He's starting to think about it. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.